Hello, welcome back to an Afghan diary. Sorry, I've been uh, away for the last two days. It's been a very, very busy 48 hours um, with AfricaAsACountry.com, who bring this podcast to you on a, usually on a weekly basis, but uh, these days on an almost daily basis. We held an event here in Abidjan, bringing together some of the brightest minds in journalism, uh, administration, um, admin, uh, a venue called Le Pic Villa, and uh, you could find uh, report that BN Sports did um, on our event on this page, uh, just the previous video. So it was a very, very busy time organizing that, and I didn't have the time to sit down and uh, collect my thoughts and, and do a diary. But today uh, was the final day of match day one. We had two matches, Morocco versus Tanzania, and we had DR Congo versus Zambia, both matches taking place in San Pedro. And I finally got a chance to sit down and concentrate and watch both of those matches. Um, and they were very, very interesting matches to me. So let's talk about the first one, Morocco. Morocco were one of those teams who I had mentioned as one of my favorites. Remember, it was Egypt, Morocco, Senegal, and Côte d'Ivoire. They were one of my favorites because of, obviously, what they did at the World Cup, because I have a huge amount of confidence in the coach, Walid Regragi, um, and because they're obviously a great team with great players. And I was curious just to see, you know, in the preview when I spoke to Amin Al-Amri, the, the Moroccan journalist, I was just curious to see a Morocco at the World Cup and a Morocco at the African Cup of Nations, what would the difference be? Because Morocco at the World Cup, for most matches that they did well in, actually for all of the matches that they did very, very well in, they had less possession of the ball. They were a reactive team. They were playing compactly. They were hitting you on the counter very effectively. Um, whereas at the AFCON, they were obviously going to have more possession of the ball in a group with DR Congo, Tanzania, and Zambia. Um, and I was wondering if they could break down opposing defenses when they could sit in a low block. Um, so I, th I was very, very intrigued by uh, Moroc the Moroccan national team at the African Cup of Nations. And I think today they answered a few different questions. Um, let me just rattle off some statistics to you. Morocco uh, outshot Tanzania 14-2. to the possession of the ball, watching the game, I thought it would be more, but it was only 52 to 48 percent. Not even that, actually. 51.7, I think. Um, Tanzania initially at least sat back and conceded possession. And this is something that the coach Adel Amrush, Adel Amrush sorry, has been doing um, during his time with Tanzania whenever he comes against some of the bigger national teams like Algeria or like Morocco uh, in the previous international window. Um, he sat back sometimes in a 4-5-1 like he did today and they his teams almost show no intention at all of going forward or attacking maybe they'll send one or two players on a counter-attack but they're more interested in closing spaces and being very 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 physical actually Tanzania uh, won more aerial duels and won more tackles today and they went in with some crunching tackles on the Moroccan players which I imagine must have been scary for Moroccan supporters who didn't want to lose players to injury uh, so early in this tournament that kind of aggression actually backfired on Tanzania and uh, Novatus Miroshi, who's you know one of the rising stars in Tanzanian football, ends up being sent off uh, with a red card. But before that, I think Morocco monopolized possession. I think they were playing well. But again, they didn't score from open play their first goal. They scored from open play in the second and third goal, but that was after the sending off. And I'm going to be one of those annoying people that's just going to harp on this, harp on this, harp on this until I see it with my own eyes. The first goal from Morocco came from Hakim Ziyech's free kick and then 
uh, it was followed up by Roman Seis' uh, rebound. Uh, he, he, he did a great job of being alert mentally, following in on the rebound and slotting it home. And Hakim Ziyech, I think for me, was very, very impressive. I know he probably ran out of steam later on in the match, but he's going to have to be a huge player for Morocco if they don't manage to break teams down in open play. Um, just from his delivery, his set pieces, his crossing, his shooting. Um, he's a player that even as he ages and maybe doesn't have as much physical endurance and stamina, he will have uh, that kind of technique and that kind of shooting and, and striking ability on the ball. And that's going to be extremely, extremely important for Morocco. And I think Morocco uh, lacked a little bit of that in Cameroon, actually. I think he was missing from the side um, when they crashed out to Egypt in the semis. Or sorry, in the semis, in the round of 16. Might have been a round of 16 or the quarterfinals. Um, so yeah, Ziyech, hugely important. Uh, Morocco lined up in their habitual 4-1-4-1 with Sofian Amrabat as, as an anchor in midfield. Um, two eights, Unahi and Amalah, so the exact same uh, central midfield that they played with at the World Cup. Amalah and Unahi were incredible. Amalah with, you know, in French they call it volume de jeu, meaning like the distance you cover, the amount of balls you touch, uh, very, very good. Uh, Unahi, <laughs> I tweeted that if you don't like Azdin Unahi, you don't like football. Such a good technical midfielder, and he was absolutely instrumental in their second goal. What was most impressive about that second goal was the two touches he took with his back towards goal to turn around and then play the ball into Amin Adli before it was played back and before he slots the ball in. But those two touches, that back back. Oh, man, it was... <laughs> and, and even before that, I mean, the way he was playing around with some of the um, Tanzanian players, um, we see a different Unahi, a different Ziyech, even, I would even say a different Amrabat, um, a different Bufal, a different Amalah with their national team than with their club teams. They play better with their national teams than they do with their club teams. Not to say that they're poor with their club teams, but with their national teams, they st take a step up, and that's, for me, quite clearly a testament to their coach. Uh, Walid Regragi. Um, so yeah, I thought t Morocco were good. They also showed an incredible amount of tactical intelligence and patience. One Tanzania, for example, uh, were sitting back. They didn't commit too many men forward. They were, I think, a little cautious to make sure that they didn't get hit on the counterattack. They didn't send the eights too far forward because uh, they didn't want to get caught out. One Tanzania had possession of the ball. I mean, as long as they were in their own third of the pitch, Morocco didn't press. And this is something that I think Algeria tried to do a little too early. Maybe Egypt tried to do a little too early in their matches. And if you're not here, you don't know the stifling humidity that there is in you know, cities like San Pedro or Abidjan. Um, and I think those teams, because they wanted to impress so hard, because they wanted to uh, take control of the match in the very early stages, I think they did lose steam in the second half. Morocco were very, very smart in that they played a medium block. They didn't try to press too high up. Uh, to recover the ball. And again, that's a credit to their coach, Walid Gregi. He scored the third goal. I think that one was actually... I, I need to take a second look at it, but I think it was probably a foul. Uh, I think it was Sofiane Amrabit who, who made the tackle. Good tackle, but I think he caught the player a little early and then uh, the counterattack extremely efficiently um, with Hakimi playing uh, in Yusuf Nisiri, who scores uh, one, two, three, in his fourth AFCON. Yeah, because he's, he played in 2017, he scored then. He played in 2019, 2021, and this one. And he scored in each one of his AFCON appearances, if I'm not mistaken. He also scored at the World Cup. So Yusuf Nasidi is, again, like if you're looking to break down a side and you need somebody to sometimes create their own goal and be creative, he's probably not your man. 
But in an AFCON, when you need him to close down defenders, you need him to be solid in the air, and you need him to have that big game gene, that clutch gene, uh, Yusuf Fensiri has proven that he does have it. And so I think um, it probably suits Morocco quite well. Um, and the final thing I'd say is that watching the combinations of that triangle between Hakimi as a right back, Ziyech as a right winger, and Unahi as a right central midfielder, they combine so, so well. And Hakimi is usually the one uh, that benefits from that because Ziyech will cut in a little bit. Unahi will know how to manipulate the space a little bit in behind the striker. And Hakimi will bomb down the wing uh, and play in those dangerous low crosses. So Morocco, I think, uh, passed their first match with flying colors. Give them an A grade, not an A+, plus, but I'll give them an A or an A-. minus. I think they're going to be happy to get those three points in the bag. Uh, and it helped them that the second match, which we're going to talk about right now, uh, ended in a draw. Actually helped both Morocco and Tanzania. So let's talk about that second match. The second match was between uh, DR Congo and Zambia, uh, the two neighbors um, in Central and Eastern Africa. In this match, I thought DR Congo were the more impressive side. And um, here again, I can list off some statistics. They, made, they had a 91% pass success rate, which is very, very high. Um, 56% of possession of the ball. Again, very good. Seven to nil corner kicks. 25 to three shots. Not shots on target, but shots. I thought DRC only had three weak points. The, the goalkeeper in Pazi made, I think, an unnecessary and an amateurish mistake when he came out to, to play the ball outside of his 18-yard box. Um, he clashed with Pat Sindaka. The ball went out for a throw. Uh, and that's when the central defender, Inonga, who plays at Simba, um, I think he wasn't alert enough to see that Zambia were going to play a quick throw, and he didn't go back and cover the, the goal quickly enough. Um, and then, uh, I mean, Kings Kangwa gets, receives the throw in and, and lobs the goalkeeper, and Inonga somehow fumbles the, I mean, the shot. He could have cleared it, but he seems to fall over instead of clearing it, and it's a mess. And, and the last mediocre, I think, uh, player in that DRC side was uh, Piquel, who plays in Serie B in, in Italy. I think those three players were the only players that I wasn't impressed with, Mpazi, Inongia, and Piquel. The players that I was most impressed with, Gael Kakuda, who, you know, played for Chelsea or signed for Chelsea at the age of 17, I think, or 18, from Lens, um, that magnificent academy in France that they have. I liked uh, Johan Wissa. I liked Theo Pongonda on the wings. Uh, Mohtasemi is, I think, one of the more underrated players in African football, the way he just sits in front of defense and, you know, is quite tidy and clean with his passing um, and does a wonderful job uh, dispossessing the opposition as well. Um, but even then you have Chonsan Mbemba, Kalulu on the right, on the right uh, fullback, left fullback, of course, Arthur Masuaku. I really, really do like this DRC team, and I think Sebastian de Sabra has done a fantastic job with them throughout the qualifying campaign and into this first match. Um, the one question I would have now, is that it's, it's not normal to have 25 shots and to only score one goal. They really need to improve their finishing. And I think even of those 25 shots, maybe less than a handful were actually on target. Bakambu, Cedric Bakambu is their obviously their, their main striker. And he did a fantastic job for their goal, setting up Yoan Wisa. It was one of those moves that he'd make a run this way and then that way, gets in behind the defenders. Gael Kakuda plays a wonderful ball over the top. Bakambu controls, slots it across the face of the goal, and Yoan Wisa finishes. And Kakuda made several of those uh, over-the-top balls or, or incisive passes even along the ground uh, throughout the match. He was really the brains of the Congolese attack. Um, 
but I wonder if Bakambu has the sharpness. Um, I mean, he, he did a great job in that move, but I wonder if he has the sharpness and the instincts in front of goal. Um, now I believe he's 30, maybe 31, 32 years old. And I only ask this as well because DR Congo have so many options on the bench. You have somebody like Simon Banza who came in uh, later on, who I think is one of the leading scorers in the Portuguese Liga. You have a player like uh, Fiston Mayale, who, because he plays in Africa, might be a little underrated, but uh, was one of the top players on the continent last year and I think provides a little more physical uh, physical freshness and I think he'll trouble the defense a little more physically than someone like Bakambu or even Simon Banza. And so when you have such valuable options on the bench, I just wondered if maybe they could have subbed Bakambu out you know, in the 60th, 70th minute as DRC showed signs of fatigue and showed signs of slowing down. If they could have got you know, maybe both of those strikers on um, and chased a second goal. But overall, I think the DRC were really, really good. Just needed to be a little more clinical. Uh, I thought Zambia looked a little bit timid, especially in the duels against um, DRC. Uh, they seemed to have no answer for how the opposition were passing the ball around. Uh, Pat Sindaka showed that he was sharp. Uh, Fashion Sakala showed that he was sharp. Kings Kangwa had a decent game. Sunzu had a decent game in defense. But I think it showed that they were a little outclassed and that they're not one of the top two sides um, in this group. Although them drawing, I think they'll be happy if Kamoyo with that with a draw because now uh, they get to take on the minnows of the group, Tanzania. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad calling Tanzania a minnow of the group. But, um, I mean, the way they performed, it doesn't look like they're going to be a top three side in this group. Um, so they get to take on Zambia and, and everybody gets to take on Morocco. So, so that's going to be an interesting group to keep an eye on. I was um, thrilled with those two matches today. I think they were very intense matches, but at the same time very entertaining, a lot of back and forth action. And uh, I was really, really happy to just sit down and focus on those two matches. So that'll be all. I'm going to be signing out. Uh, we finished match day one of the Africa Cup of Nations already. Wow. It's flying by. I can't believe it. At times, it feels like I've been here for two weeks, and at other times, I, I just can't realize that you know, we're almost through match day one already, and soon we're going to be going back to Yamusukro and Buake for, for match day two. Uh, very, very big matches coming up. Tomorrow, we have Nigeria against Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, later on in the day, we have Egypt versus Ghana, but even across the rest of match day two, man, Senegal, Cameroon, uh, Algeria versus Burkina Faso, Mali versus Tunisia. Um, DR Congo versus Morocco just so many good matches coming up that I'm, I'm really really excited for and I think everybody else is as well so that's it I've, I've checked in for for uh, edition number three of the um, AFCON Diaries I'm going to try to do this again tomorrow I think I'm going to maybe try to do it live from the stadium maybe from the press room might have a few guests I think that would be cool for you guys to, to see what the press room is like and, and maybe we could have colleagues coming in and, in and out and, um, and analyzing the Egypt versus Ghana match so thanks for watching. Uh, I'm going to sign out now. It's already been 15 minutes. That's about it. And uh, we will uh, check back in tomorrow night. Good night.